Welcome back. I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec. Today, we're going to talk about reading and writing, and particularly about the benefits or other of physical books as opposed to digital books. So if you're reading on the Kindle or on your phone or, or wherever, and also about taking notes on what you're reading. So obviously, we're not talking about fiction books. You don't need to take notes on, on a fiction book that you're reading, but how you can utilise the technology that's available to us all now and, and what that means for you in terms of retaining some of the information that you're actually reading. Topic came to me because at the moment I'm going... I'm doing a challenge that is called 75 Hard. Some of you may well have heard of it. I think I've talked about it previously when I first started on it. I'm about halfway through as we record this. And one of the things that you have to do every day is you have to read 10 pages of a book, a nonfiction book. I'm a good reader. I love reading. It's my happy place for many years. But probably a nonfiction book wouldn't be my first choice because I use reading as an escape, as a as relaxation time. And so the, choosing a topic to read about in nonfiction terms was a challenge for me when I first started this activity. But once I started it, then the, the other proviso in this program is that he recommends that you read a physical book. And the reason behind it is that when you've got a physical book that you're holding and you read 10 pages and put a bookmark in, you can see your progress. So it's about measuring progress and it's about the discipline of, of reading something every day that you wouldn't normally read, but immediately being able to see the progress that you've made. And I thought, well, the way I read and the time of day that I read, it's not going to work, but it's not a reason to not do the program. I thought, well, I'll do, I'll read digitally. I'll read on the phone via Kindle, but I'll do a percentage of the book each day. So again, I'm still measuring how much I've read. It mightn't be 10 pages, it might be more. But if I do 10% each day, then I'm still measuring how much I'm reading. So I will say that in the, the time since I've, I started the challenge, which is about 30 days or so now, I've read five books. And that to me is quite astounding. It is. They're, they're nonfiction. It's a, a topic that I, was, I, I understood but was not conversant with, so I, I can't skip through the pages. I have been taking notes as I read. So in terms of that, because I'm, I'm reading on the phone, I have a, a Google Doc open separately and Kindle allows you to highlight and, and copy and paste. So I just ha I, I just do the, the, the finger copy and paste it into the Google Docs so that at the end of when I've read every book, I've got this summary of what I got out of it. But what it also does is makes me remember what I've read. So I'll go back to the notes when I'm, I'm using them to, to write something and I will see that I've highlighted these things and so I can use it almost as, as a, a summary of what I need to do next in the activity that I'm doing. It's been really useful in that sense. What I've also been able to do with that document, that summary, is share it with others. So other people who are working on this same sort of activity as me have been able to see what I got from the book Kindle allows you to lend the book, so if needs be, I can lend the book to them. But for an exercise in terms of quick learning and taking on new ideas, this reading and then writing the notes is really working for me. There is a, a very strong school of thought that says that when you're reading a book, you should take notes and you should write them down physically with a pen and paper because that helps you retain it better. 
much the same way as, as they suggest that you, you write a physical diary if you're into diary or journal writing because that gets the expression that you want to impart comes out and is released from you in that way. It's just not physically viable for me to do that at five or six in the morning when I'm still in bed reading my, my book. So I'm not going to take that on as an idea, but I am summarising what I'm reading and I am keeping it and I am referring back to it. So that's, that's the benefit in that sense. I guess the outcome from this program is that reading non-fiction, regardless of what it is, even if it's completely out of the area that you would normally read or think that you need to know, is going to give you some benefit just in the discipline of doing it, that whether you do it with a physical book or a digital book, you can measure what you're doing. And I really would encourage you to measure how much you're reading, whether it's a percentage through the digital framework or a number of pages if you're doing the physical book and take notes, again, whether it's digital or physical, because that reinforces for you, for you in your brain what you're reading. I'll stop talking now. That's <laughs> no, good. Actually, what you described is probably suitable for most people. It's, it's a mixture and how you use it. And certainly for me, I do both. I read actual books and I read digital books, mostly nonfiction. But basically, I find taking notes, again, is good. Not so much as I'm reading the book. I find the notes, for me, are notes for me as triggers to remind me when I'm covering that topic. Like if I'm preparing for a podcast, for example, I will probably read lots and lots of online articles and uh, draw on my own and other people's experience. But when I'm preparing, I'll probably write about five dot points and able to cover all of that in five dot points because they just trigger uh, to make me that. I find it hindering if I write longer notes because I find that then the only way I can do them justice is to read them, which is boring. So I, I don't do that. For me, that doesn't work. I know it does for other people. As far as the convenience of both, and the timing, they both got a place. With that, sometimes you don't want the light in your eyes when you're reading a digital something. However, in, at other times, that light is a blessing because it makes it easier for some people from an eyesight point of view. So again, it's horses for courses. I like the book because I know that you can sit with your feet up in the sun or on the beach with either a tablet or that. I find the glare at the beach. I like to sit out there. So I might find a shady spot and do some of that. But I like the idea of having the book because it's less reflective. It depends what, what again, what I'm reading. In that sense, it honestly doesn't matter. You just got to find the way that works for you. The other thing is, and I have this discussion with other people, for people who do their journals, they prefer that it's handwritten, and I could see why that's important. But again, the disadvantage is that when you want to go search through experiences or topics, however, the good news is apparently you can convert handwritten into digital. Don't ask me to explain technically or where to go for that, but somebody said, yes, you can. So... 
Okay, go find out because I'll be misleading you if I try to help you. So, <laughs> so I really think whichever way works for you and the mix and for what occasion is good. The most important things, the more you read, the better you are. The other things this program has instilled is that you, you choose a time that you can commit to every day. Right. If you're doing intermittent reading of a particular book, you're not going to get the same continuity. And part of that continuity for me is that I don't write down my interpretation of what's been written. I just copy what's in the book and put that down because I'll think about that later. It's telling me is, yes, this is important. I need to record that somewhere where I can think about it later, but I want to go back to this section that I'm reading about. The next thing, which was my dilemma right at the beginning, was how do I choose what to read? If you're not a reader of nonfiction particularly, and you don't know where to start, you know, this, or this, all these topics, you know, where will I start? What will I read? And so that becomes the, oh, no, I can't do it because I can't decide what to read. I would suggest that you start with autobiographies. Mm-hmm. Because you're reading about people in their own words. Huh. If you don't want to buy them because you don't know these people, you don't want to have, you know, bookshelves full of books that you've read once, go to a library. Everywhere mm-hmm. still has libraries. And you can access them and borrow the books rather than buy them and read them that way. I I suppose many, many years ago, I started out with autobiographies. I didn't go to biographies because I didn't want someone else's view of of a particular person necessarily. So autobiographies, first of all. And then in this case, I went looking for a particular book that was going to help me in another area of my activities and found that as a physical book and then thought, I really need something else to to start today. So what can I do? And sort of cast around and thought, well, there's this area that I probably should know about. I don't really want to read about it because I don't really want to know about it. Mm. So why not tackle that? Because if I do read about it, if I even read one book about this topic, I will feel so much better that I've done it about this topic that I didn't want to do than one that was going to be a safe place for me, one that I might know a little bit about already, so it was going to be theoretically an easier read. That was my thought process. I then looked at, in choosing particular titles, I looked at the reviews on Amazon because that gave me the best indication that what people were getting out of the book were things that I would be interested in getting out of the book. That's a good way to tell as well. It's not always the the five-star, the four or four-and-a-half-star books. Sometimes the reviews will speak to you and give you an indication that, well, yeah, that's what I want to read about. That's that's the sort of stuff that I I need to know, not that it's well-written, not that it's perfect English, all those things, because a couple of the books that I've read in the last few weeks are incredibly sexist and very much geared towards the 1930s, but the information in them is timeless so why wouldn't I read them you know I can discount the 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 poor grammar the punctuation Mm. whatever else because a lot of them have been Mm. digitized so they've been put into a digital format from the physical book and I know how that's done because 15 20 years ago I was a proofreader for that actual process it was a voluntary project around the world called Project Gutenberg and we were provided on our computer screens with books that had been scanned and you had to read through and mm. change the punctuation or change the spelling or do those sorts of things and went through five stages of, of proofreading at that stage. I don't think it's quite as, as uh, intense as these days. But 
none of that's important in terms of the information that's coming out of the book. So remember yeah. to focus on the information, not on the distractions, basically. I think we've probably covered reading and writing to a certain extent today. We would be interested to hear what sort of books you're reading and what you're getting out of those books and how you maintain the information that you get out of the books that you're reading. So drop us a line when you get a chance. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne, and this is Inside Exec.